This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into a commitment edition of the Husker 24-7 podcast, a double commitment edition. And that features both me, Mike Schaefer, and Michael Brunts here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Nebraska picks up commitments from Davon Hall, Isaiah McMorris during their official visit to Lincoln. Uh, the Huskers now have three committed Thunderbirds in their class. And uh, Brunts, they added a pair of intriguing local wide receivers Let's start with what it means just for the class at large uh, before we dive into what it, it means really for Nebraska's wide receiver room. Well, you you talked to both of these guys. You you talked to them before they announced their commitment. What did you learn from Isaiah McMorris and Davon Hall as to why Nebraska is a right fit for them? Yeah, they, they both said it's home. Um, you know, that that was the thing that they both told me was they, they felt comfortable there. Um you know, obviously having their high school quarterback, Daniel Kalen, going to Nebraska, that's another, I think, attractive piece of it, too. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think Matt Rule and his staff did a nice job with those two of really kind of stressing relationships. I know, it, you know especially Isaiah McMorris, I think, too. You know, he got a chance to go down and work out um, in June with uh, – uh, I'm blanking um, – with, with the coaching staff. Um and with Garrett McGuire, especially, and he got an idea, I think, of how he'd be coached in college. And I, I think that really kind of solidified things for him. Um, you know, I, I think we can get into this, too, but I think you do have to give a lot of credit um, to McGuire for the job that he did recruiting these two, especially McMorris. Uh, you know, he told me he talks to um, the coaches every day down there um, and, and they were really kind of all over him about. Uh, being part of this class. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, for the last few years, there's been hand wringing and rightfully so about in-state recruiting. Um, but I believe now, what is it? Four, three out of the top four uh, top ranked recruits in the state of Nebraska are currently committed. And Carter Nelson, obviously the big fish out there is on an official visit this weekend. So Matt Rule and the staff are really doing a nice job um, recruiting, recruiting in-state prospects. Yeah, I, I think getting both of these guys is uh, a nice addition to that wide receiver room. And I think it's good for Garrett McGuire. I, I think he's done a nice job, certainly with Isaiah McMorris recruiting him. And, and as you said, he had that camp. And I remember being there watching him. He was working out with Stone Saunders when they had him in throwing. And so you could just tell uh, that they enjoyed getting Isaiah McMorris in for that camp, getting their eyes on him. I mean, it's it's very obvious, Brunts, more so than I think I realized how much the staff likes having those guys come in and work out and being able to to kind of show them like this is what it's going to be like if you play here this is what it's going to sound like this is what you're going to be asked to do and so i think uh that went over really well for mcmorris davon hall's recruitment is obviously fascinating uh lots of twists and turns and, and a bit of a roller coaster it's hard for people to remember though this is a guy that got an offer from iowa 
pretty much before he even was playing varsity football. I mean, he was he was a standout immediately to the Iowa staff, and they they offered him, and then Nebraska followed it up. And this is a guy, you know, like a month into his high school life already has college offers to Nebraska and Iowa and, and everything else. So he's had, you know, a really unique setup to, to get to the point where we are now. And there's been some, some real twists and turns, but obviously he patched things up with Nebraska. Uh, they, they told him they were going to go in a different direction at one point. And then I think they reopened the doors after, you know, hearing a little bit more from, from coach Huffman and, and from, from Hall himself about why, you know, he really wants uh, Nebraska to kind of reconsider. And so I, I think this is a situation where Nebraska, uh, I think, did the right thing here. I mean, they're, they're getting a talented wide receiver. Brooks, I compared Davon Hall to Quincy and Nunwa in the sense that Hall is, he plays bigger than his six foot one frame would allow. He's, he is a really well built guy. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much people have seen him up close. He's sculpted. He's bigger than I think the 180 we have him listed at. And when I watch him play, he's got the ability to go up and fight for the ball, a lot like Quincy Anuno, who played like he was six foot three, but was really a six foot one wide receiver, right around 200 pounds. I think both of those guys have a, a similar mannerism about him. How far off base am I with, with this random comparison? No, I mean, he's always been, I mean, even back when he was a freshman, he didn't look like a freshman. And... Yeah, he's just put together really well. And I'm curious to see with him, um, you know, what what a college weight program can do for him, um, because, I mean, he is sculpted, but at the same time, like he has a frame that you can still add weight to. And that was yeah. the thing with Quincy, I think, was as he kind of went along in his Nebraska career, um, he he got he got bigger, but he didn't lose any of the speed. Like, right. I, I, I think that was, you know, he played like a big physical wide receiver. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you look at production for these guys. I mean, McMorris had what 90 some catches, um, you know, Hall had what a, a air quotes down year and still almost had a thousand yards receiving yep. over 60 catches. So these guys are extremely productive. They play in an offense that, that requires a lot of receivers and, and skill position players. And Michael Huffman at, at Bell West, I think, um, you know, as much as, you know, he, he understands that having D1 talent is a good problem to have. He doesn't treat those guys any differently with what he expects of them. Um, and, and so I, I think kind of coming up to that program helps both of those guys too. But yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of different wide receivers, but uh, just extremely productive, um, which I think you, you can kind of bank on that a little bit more that if a guy's been productive at the high school level, there's, you know, a, a decent chance that you can kind of continue that on into college too. Well, and you love the fact that both of these guys are getting their high school quarterback is going to the same college as well. I think it matters more for McMorris and maybe than maybe Hall, but I mean, McMorris and Kalen both got their opportunity last year and shined with it. And I think there's a lot of chemistry there. You know, watching them yesterday at the seven on seven, and it's seven on seven, and they were playing uh, Gretna East, which has been a program for all of you know a month. So uh, I, I don't want to make this too much, but one of the things that's nice about Kalen is that you could see pre-snap he would look at his matchups, and they just kind of knew, like, all right, Hall's going to drift a couple steps here. I'm going to throw it to the back corner. He's going to be there when the ball arrives. Boom, done. 
All right. Isaiah McMorris is going to set this guy up like he's going to fake outside. Then he's going to cut right across his body. I'm going to take one beat, throw the ball's going to be there and he's going to be there. Like when you have that kind of chemistry, it makes it pretty easy. Uh, certainly in seven on seven, it makes it easier when you're playing actual football. And I think it'll help those guys when they're all together at, at Lincoln. I mean, I, I made the, the Quincy and Nino comparison um, for, for Davon Hall weirdly and we haven't even watched this guy play for nebraska it feels like isaiah mcmorris could be like a billy kemp like kind of a guy that plays in the slot works against uh whatever coverage he gets isn't necessarily going to to stretch defenses long though he could i isaiah mcmorris is a far better athlete than people probably realize but i think his in the box quickness like he he could be a guy that you dump it off to in those quick slants and those slot routes and he's really dangerous because he's hard to tackle. Yeah, they they'd kind of talked about, you know, Nebraska was going to move move him around. Um training program. Uh it'll it'll certainly play out better for McMorris. Yeah, no, he and he's a guy to your point. Um, you know, they're going to use him in the slot, they'll use him outside. They will um he even said that they talked about using him in the backfield a little bit as well. So he, he can kind of go all over the place. Um, I think you're right. He's probably more athletic than you, than you probably give him credit for. I think too, you know, when you see somebody, his size, it, it's easy to kind of put them in a box as just like a strictly slot guy. And I, he'll live there, I'm sure, yep. but he has the ability to, to play all over the place. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's, you know, what, what the staff is kind of looking to do with wide receivers is try to find different pieces. I mean, even, you even saw the spring game, you know, Kemp was moving around quite a bit um, with, with where he was being used. I, I think that's a pretty decent comp for, you know, what, what uh, McMorris can kind of grow into. What? So we'll, we'll throw this one in there too. Nebraska picked up a Donovan Jones commitment yesterday. They've now their last three commitments have been in-state guys. You add that to Daniel Kalen and to, uh, and to Ashton Murphy. They're up to five commitments in the state. You still have Caleb Benning, Caleb Pye from out there. Carter Nelson. Uh, how are you feeling, Brunts, about this staff and their willingness to uh, to to take talent from inside the state and and add it to its recruiting class? I mean, Matt Rule said it when he got here, but the proof really feels like it's in the pudding right now of all of these kids that are committed in this class. A lot of pudding. A lot of pudding. Um, pudding for everyone. Pudding for everyone. Uh, yeah, it's. I think what what has impressed me is their willingness to really give hard evaluations for in-state kids because, you know, I, I think even, even last year's class too, when they came in, I mean, they, they found guys that were not being recruited by the previous staff in the, inside the borders. And um, you know, I'm, I'm the, the one that I'm a little, you know, Michael Burt, I was a little surprised they didn't offer sooner. That was, that was one that, um, you know, maybe with an early offer that turns out different, but they've done a good job, I think. And especially if, while playing catch up and, and having to build relationships and evaluate on, you know, old film um, of, of seeing what guys can do. And, you know, Donovan Jones is a good example too. I mean, he, he comes to camp, um, you know, he had the Wyoming offer, but, you know, he performs well, they offer him and, and they wrap things up. Um, you know, I think we've seen, with the staff and it's not just in-state kids, but 
the importance of, of camp evaluations yeah. and what they're going to run guys through. They really want to see how they move, how coachable they are. And I don't know, I disagree with me if I'm off base here, but it feels like if you're an in-state kid at Nebraska and you're borderline, maybe you've got some FCS offers or whatever, that there's a realistic chance that you can show up in Lincoln and with a good camp, put yourself in position for an offer. I mean, they're not just there taking your money, giving you a, a dry fit shirt and, you know, sending and sending you on your way. Um, so I think that's, that, that has been, and that has stood out to me a lot with, with this staff so far is that they, they are going to give a true and honest evaluation. And if a kid, if they feel like a kid can hack it, there's a, a good chance he's going to get an offer. Do those kids keep those shirts? Like, are you ever wearing those again? Uh, you probably work out in it. I've, I've seen, you, you see it around like in, in the seven on seven and, and the you summer a, league stuff. You see it some places. You've seen a Friday night light shirt circa 2019, just hanging out there somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Some, you know, you probably work in a summer job mowing lawns <laughs> or something like that. And you've got the, the 2019, you know, 300 number 343 across the chest or something like that. Let, I, let me ask, let me ask you this. Sorry. I, you, you were going to hit me with a joke first. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm just saying, yeah. for any of our listeners, if you see a Friday Night Lights camp shirt out in the wild and you get a picture of it, I don't know what the prize is going to be, but I will send you something cool. I will make it worth your while. I don't really believe anyone wears those after, you know, after the uh, the camp. And this can't just be your kid participated in it and you take a picture of it sitting in the dresser. I need someone wearing this thing out in the wild so if you can if you can make that happen if you tweet this at me or you tweeted at brunts or at at nebraska 24 7 i will get you taken care of this is a promise davon hall was actually wearing an old friday night lights camp shirt when he went when i talked to him the other day of course he was yeah so of course he was so naturally (laughs) after all of my bluster there's going to be like 14 people sending things in it's the first person if you're the first to do it i will acknowledge it i will send you something I don't know what it's going to be, but it'll be cool. So maybe a game worn Schaefer t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> maybe I'll send him my Wayne state baseball camp shirt that I still have. Nice. Nice. I, so I was going to ask you, I mean, the, this is the latest off of a very long run of commits since we last podcasted. <laughs> like 17 commits ago, I think was our last yeah. podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What do you what do you make of this week? I mean, that I, I 
because I was thinking about this today, and I, I would not have said that Nebraska would be pushing 20 commits by the end of June. And no, I I would have thought maybe 14 would have been like, whoa, they had a really good month. Yeah. I mean, what what's like kicking it forward? We've got we there's one more official visit weekend that's going on right now. I mean, they're probably in a good place for a few of those guys that are are visiting as well. But I guess what what is what does the rest of this recruiting cycle look for look like beyond um, you know th- this stretch of commits? I mean, once they get into the fall, you know what? How many guys are they taking? Who are they who are they evaluating? Like, what do you see the next? I guess what six months till signing day looking like? Yeah, I mean the the really fascinating thing is going to be up front on the offensive line because I think you got three guys that hold key decisions. Uh, as it relates to what Nebraska has going for it in the the offensive line. And I know there's other visitors and there's other people of note, and they're certainly going to potentially bring in more in the fall. But I look at it with Grant Bricks, who's visiting Nebraska right now, Caleb Pyfram, who is here at the beginning of, of June, and Caden Massey. If Nebraska can get two of those guys and you pair that up with Landon Davidson, Jake Peters, and Gibson Pyle, you might be done with your offensive line recruiting at that point. I mean, if they could get all three of them, that would be huge because you're talking about at least in Massey, you're talking about a a potential tackle for sure. In Caleb Pyfram, you're talking, he wants to play right tackle. I think Nebraska's good with that uh, as well. And Grant Bricks, I think is, is going to be a tackle more than he is an interior guy, but with him and Pyfram, I think they have the ability to play either spot. So I, I think if you're if you're able to, to add those guys, that really kind of solidifies what you're trying to do on the offensive line. At wide receiver, it feels like Nebraska's pretty close to being done. You got Quinn Clark here this weekend. I think things could end uh, end there. And then Ja'Cory Barney is someone to keep an eye on as well. We'll see what happens with him at Miami. Defensive back, they've taken like 74 players, so I think they're close to finished. Um with what they're trying to do in the secondary, but they still have some interesting people out there. So we'll see what that looks like. The spot brunts that I just don't know what it's going to look like exactly is defensive line. I don't think they have to take many of them because they had quite a few in their last class, but Carlin Jones is the only official visitor they've had so far. That's something that they're probably going to have to go and find. Um, They might even end up with a senior film guy uh, by the time this is all said and done. But the, the defensive line remains sort of the spot for me where it's like, okay, um, everything else seems to be moving along, but what are they doing here? Even the edge position, I think they have some different players that they're looking at uh, perhaps in the fall or, you know, a guy like Joseph Anderson. It feels like it's been seven months since that June 2nd official visit, but there's still some guys there and Joseph Anderson, Caleb Pyfram, uh, you know, Amari Sanders, Ja'Cory Barney that could end up in this class that you don't want to write off either. But I I really look at the defensive line as kind of the next sort of pivotal, okay, what's happening here? You know, running back, I'd like to see what's going on there too. But, you know, pretty quickly, this class is filling up. I I think maybe you end up with like 22, 23 high school kids, and then you're adding from the portal potentially uh, when we get to next December. But they're, they're going to take as many as they can because I think there's still some question marks about guys on the roster. And so they're probably looking at it, that there's going to be a handful of people who realize Matt rule football isn't for me when they get into the fall. What, what position as we stand right now on June 23rd, do you feel like Nebraska's really done a nice job recruiting? 
Well, quarterback would be the the safest, most obvious answer. They they went after two guys and they got one of the two guys, and both of the two guys were in the elite eleven. So it that went pretty well for them. Um, if you remove that, I don't know. I don't. So a wide receiver, I love seeing McMorris and and Hall because I think those guys have big upside. Um, but I want to see kind of what happens next. If you're adding a Jacory Barney it looks different than if you're adding a Quinn Clark or, you know, whatever to that picture. So I'm, I'm curious there. I, I really think that people are going to be happy with what they did with their offensive line. I know Landon Davidson and, and Peters are a little bit deeper cuts, but I think they really like both of those guys. Uh, and, and I think, you know, they saw it at camp, what they, they brought them in here for a reason. And so, um, you know, I, I would say wide receiver, uh, quarterback, offensive line, I probably feel, the best about at the moment, but there's it even, even with all the numbers they have, because they're up to 17 commits, there's still enough questions that you kind of want to see how everything gets filled in before there's one spot that I feel definitively great about uh, probably beyond Daniel Kalen in the quarterback position. How, how big was that Kalen commitment? I mean, it, it just, that, that was kind of the, the, the ball. It, it got yeah. everything rolling. It, it certainly helped, um, you know, with McMorrison Hall. I think if Nebraska ends up with Carter Nelson, you can draw a line to Daniel Kalen being in this class. Because if Nebraska doesn't have that, I think it, it's harder. I mean, their relationship is is pretty strong uh, for Carter Nelson to drive from Antwerp to go hang out at the College World Series two days before the official visit. They wanted to get some family together, too, and interact there. I, I haven't put in a crystal ball yet, but I'm very close to doing so for Carter Nelson. Um, so I, I think that's certainly something to watch, you know, over the weekend. So Kalen has been huge in that regard. But what I even more than the peer recruiting and his access to helping out in Omaha, I'm really glad he had last weekend to prove that he's he can play, too. Like, we can talk about the peer recruiting aspect and developmental quarterback and all of that. That dude can play. And I'm excited about it. I... I'm going to spend, you know, time at Bell West games this year and certainly trying to watch what I can film-wise with them. But every time I watch him, I see something different in his game. And I am continually impressed by sort of how he's built himself into what he is right now. And I'm really intrigued because I think think he's the kind of guy that really fits for a Matt Rule system. When you're talking play action, you're talking about a smart cerebral quarterback – uh, you know, we'll see if the overall athleticism allows him to run in college, but he's got enough that he's not going to be a zero for you there either. Yeah, he yeah, the I don't know, in, in the him winning that accuracy competition like that, that felt like a big deal to me, because yeah. like if a kid's accurate in high school, I mean, the old Mike Leak at Leak yeah. adage, right. If he's accurate in high school, he's going to be accurate in college. He's going to be accurate. I mean, you the accuracy piece of it's kind of the toughest thing to teach because yeah. so much of it's just be, you know, it's all mental too. And that, that, that piece of the elite 11 stood out most to me and probably the most promising piece of it. I would, I would say out of his performance out there. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. And you know, one of the things about it is that the other thing that that tells you, and especially for him at the high school level with Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris, your 50-50 balls at those levels 
or more 70 30 when you got wide receivers that can go out and fight for it. And so when you can be accurate and you're putting it in spots where really only your guy has a chance, but you have a special guy out there that's that can catch for you. I mean, it, it makes it seem like he's even more accurate because of it. So it all kind of works together. And I think, uh, I think Bellevue West is going to be really tough for some teams because you can't double both of those guys at the same time. And Oh, by the way, they have more coming. Like they're, you know, Ben Goodwater's a senior and he's going to be a really dangerous third option. Uh, you have Caprice Keefe and Eric Evans that are, that are already sort of catching attention in the recruiting world. And then I believe Jeremiah Green is the name that he was outstanding at the seven on seven I was at. So, you know, Daniel Kalen's got like uh, an embarrassment of riches to throw to. And uh, it'll be it'll be sort of fun to see how Hoffman designs everything with this offense because you can't take it all away. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot of fun to, to watch at that level. And that's going to help Daniel Kalen get even better, too, because you're going to he's going to realize how teams are playing defensively and it's going to force him to get better in the film and, and then be better on the field. So it all works together. Anything else we need to cover? No, I think we hit most of it. Is there so? We, we hit on Jones a little bit. We hit on Hall and McMorris. Of the other guys that jumped into the boat, is there another one that really kind of stands out for you out of the the Caleb Barta, Evan Taylor, Braylon Prude, Landon Davidson, Jake Peters? I think I named everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Davidson is interesting to me. Um he camped. He can't. He was another camp offer. Um, that was actually his third time. The third time he'd camped at Nebraska, and weighed in at three hundred eight pounds. Um, he's a wrestler and has great feet. Moves really well for an interior guy that size. And he was, you know, I was a little bit surprised that his recruitment didn't didn't kind of move a little bit faster than than what it was. I mean, Colorado. Uh, the previous staff had offered him, and and uh, Coach Prime had not come in with another offer until Nebraska did. He had Kansas, Iowa State, uh, Oregon State was kind of kind of keeping him warm, I think, in, in case of a you know a senior offer or something like that. Um, but he's a you know a kid that led Broomfield to a four A 4A state title last year in Colorado. Like I said, he's a wrestler, uh, just a really strong kid um, that. You know, you're, I think you're starting with a pretty good frame there um, to, to be a potential interior guy. I mean, I, I think when you look at what Nebraska kind of has in its program now and, and, you know, what it looks like maybe in a couple of years, you needed to add a few, you know, developmental guys to that interior line that maybe you don't need to count on in, in year one. But, you know, maybe by year two, you're maybe, you know, starting to knock on the door of, of the, the two deep. And I think with him, he, he's got that potential. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that was another good example of Matt Rule and, and that staff really just kind of knocking an official visit out of the park because he went home to Denver fully anticipating to take more visits, let the recruitment play out. He didn't really have a timeline for a decision. He gets home and decides, you know, I need to be in Nebraska, um, calls and commits that night. So, uh, I think that was kind of a, an under the radar one. And again, an, another example of them being able to run, um, run somebody through the paces, see how they're coached. And I, I think we'll end up probably being a little bit more of a, you know, a good under the radar type commitment in this class by the time it's all said and done. 
Yeah, it, it makes you wonder if Nebraska can parlay success on the field into getting more kids coming to their camps. Because if you start holding up the fact that, you know, these guys came in and they worked out for you and that's how they ended up with their offers and that's how you get offers at Nebraska. It's not just going to be handed out to you. If they can get to the point where you can do that, they can be pretty dangerous. I mean, you know, I I don't think that you're going to get every kid that you ever end up in your recruiting class to come visit for a camp the way you would at a place like Alabama or LSU or whatever. But if you're getting a lot of Midwest kids, if you're getting those Kansas City kids, if you're getting kids from Iowa, which – you know, I thought this staff would maybe take a little bit of a step back of recruiting Iowa, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. I mean, they've already set themselves up well with guys in 2025 and beyond. Uh, and so I, I am very interested uh, how that might play out with just a, the camp idea alone. I, I, you know, I'm already sort of intrigued after this first year, how many people they're going to bring in and what the camp sort of changes they make. I didn't look for the same schedule. But it's it's certainly something that is going to strike us differently than maybe the previous staffs that we have we've kind of covered in how they utilize those camps because it's not just the big Friday night lights thing. Like dudes were getting offers that were there on a Tuesday or they were there on a Sunday or they were there on a specialist camp or you know whatever it was. And I think that's pretty interesting and certainly something that we'll keep an eye on. I think moving forward. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of like a. It's almost kind of the way that camps were in like 2010, 2011, where like pre us, pre yeah, I mean, or like right at the beginning. I mean, you you would get like a Tanner Farmer showing right. up and working out, and you know, getting that time with a with a coach. And yep. uh, you know, I think Nebraska got away from that a little bit with uh, the Friday Night Lights stuff and the focus yep. there, which is you know great for buzz, but. I think this is probably a little bit more effective and actually, you know, finding guys that you can actually add to your roster. All right. Uh, anything you want to add here before we depart? I think that's it for now. Another busy weekend um, yep. of official visits. So um, the dead period is almost here and uh, we'll, we'll keep grinding away at Husker 24 seven. All right. For Michael Brutza, Mike Shaver, you heard him. We'll keep it going at Husker 24-7. Be sure to stop by Husker247.com this weekend. Plenty of coverage coming for a big visit weekend. we got a visit preview going up on the site here Friday morning. And, of course, more coverage throughout the weekend and throughout the week. The dead period only means the recruits can't be on campus and the coaches can't be seeing them off campus. It ain't going to be dead at Husker 24-7. We'll have plenty of coverage for you throughout the summer. So be sure to check out that. We'll catch you next time with another Husker 24-7 podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.